The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Stories with Nancy Grace. What city is your emergency? I don't know where I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay, in, um, listen. Take a deep breath. You know what city you're in. Are you in Brexville or are you? Hold on. Hold on. Let me see. I, I, I'm, um, I'm, yeah, I'm in Brexville. All right. And you're calling from eight four zero three eight one five. Yes, yes. I'm connecting. Yes. I'm connecting you right over to Brexville. I'm gonna be right here with you. Don't hang up. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You are hearing a nine one one call that will send shivers down your spine a teen commits suicide that's tragic in itself but is that the whole story i'm nancy grace this is crime stories thank you for being with us take a listen to more of that 911 call let's see what clues have been left behind 
My friend. Hello? My friend tried to take a bunch of pills to kill himself, and so I went to go and get him. But I'd... He shot himself. Where are you calling from? I'm in, I'm in uh, some local park in Brexville. Is he alive? No. Can you check for or anything like that? He shot himself in the head. Okay. What's your, what is your location again? I'm, I'm in a park in Brexville. Spell the park? Oh, hold on, let me see. What was that? I'm in, I'm in the Brexville Reservation. Brexville I'm, Reservation? Where in Brexville Reservation? I'm, I'm, I'm down one of the, one of the side streets off, off Brexville Road. More of that 911 call and it immediately leaps to my mind. Who is making the call and why are they there at a suicide? I mean, typically, if somebody's with you, they're talking you out of committing suicide. So at first, of course, you want to believe the person calling 911. But then, I mean, it's got to dawn on somebody. Why is this person calling to tell me about a suicide? Why are they there as a witness? What an all-star panel we have. Ashley Wilcott, judge and trial lawyer. You can find her at ashleywilcott.com. Stephen Lampley, renowned detective at stephenlampley.com. New book, Outside Your Door on Amazon. Dr. Catherine Maloney, deputy chief medical examiner there at Erie County with Nickel City Forensics. Don't ask her how many autopsies she's performed. You don't have time to hear them all. Literally hundreds and hundreds. Dr. Carla Manley joining me, psychologist and fear specialist at drcarlamanley.com. Of so many books, her most recent one, Aging Joyfully, on Amazon. And right now, to Fox A. Cleveland investigative journalist, Peggy Gallick. Peggy, I've got so many questions about this 911 call, but let's start with who is the victim and what are the circumstances surrounding the victim's death? Well, the victim, police are just giving us the name of Ace. This was a uh, juvenile. This was a juvenile, according to the autopsy report, it was a female, she was a female, and they're only giving us the first name of Ace. Now, the um, she apparently was having some issues, and she was picked up by her friend, who you heard on that 911 call. With me, Peggy Gallick, Fox 8 Cleveland. Peggy, I, I find it very curious that she, Ace, is not alone at the time of her suicide. Let me just start at the beginning. Where did the suicide take place? Sure. The suicide took place at the Brexville Recre- uh, Reservation at the Cleveland Metro Parks. It's in Brexville, Ohio, which is um, outside of Cleveland, about 20, 20 miles east outside of Cleveland. So let me understand, is that a park? You're saying reservation is a, a park or a, a nature preserve? What is it? It's a park. It's, it's a, it, The Cleveland Metro Parks is um, all over the Cleveland area, obviously, and it's a, it's a park. Very curious. That's very curious, Peggy. Uh, with me from Fox 8 Cleveland, investigative journalist Peggy Gallick, because, you know, uh, Dr. Carla Manley, uh, psychologist, author, specialist, you know, I've studied and studied and studied over many, many years the method and assessment of homicide and suicide. It's very unusual that someone, I, I, I'm just, this is all um, anecdotal, 
to leave your surroundings, such as your home, and go to an open area, unless you're jumping off a cliff, to shoot yourself dead. Because typically, in my experience over many, many years, people commit suicide alone where they won't be discovered, for instance, in their home with the door locked and shut. I find this very odd, Dr. Carla Manley. Absolutely. There is definitely something um, bizarre about the situation where there are two people present. Um, One is not talking the other person out of committing suicide, but indeed what seems to have happened is that it was the person was enabled and that makes it a really suspicious situation. Right. You know, there's a fine line, Dr. Carla Manley, between enabled and <clears throat> murder. But long story short, I find it very, very unusual to Ashley Wilcott that there's a witness to a suicide. I mean, I'll never forget, Ashley, never forget. Uh, David was coming home to New York. A bit out of town traveling. It was either right before or right after we had the twins. And he had taken a really early morning flight. He was getting back in to LaGuardia, like, you know, getting there at 7 or 8 in the morning. Anyway, he came to the door. I heard him, somebody at the door. I ran to the door to see who it was. The twins were asleep. And I opened the door. His face was as white as a sheet, Ashley. I said, what is it? He said, I saw a guy jump off a bridge. So he had to be coming over the 59th Street Bridge to get to our place from LaGuardia. Anyway, I said, are you sure? And he went, yes. The guy had on a coat and I saw it fly up around him as he jumped. And that detail was so graphic. I mean, I knew that's what he had seen. It was not a mistake. I said, did you call police? He went, yes, I called police immediately and they were on their way. And before I got here, I heard sirens. So it was just, it, it just threw him off and it threw me off to the point I still remember it. And Ashley, I, I recall my very, very dear friend in the cable TV business, um, Bob. We had known each other for years and years, and out of the blue, I find out he committed suicide. He went swimming at night in the San Francisco Bay. Of course, I've never been convinced it was suicide, but it's just such a shock. Such a shock. My point is, Ashley, how could somebody stand by and let that happen? Well, what goes hand in hand with suicide, Nancy, is that you are by yourself. Or in the alternative, sometimes you hear about more than one person, but they commit suicide together, right? So it doesn't make good common sense and it doesn't feel right that somebody else is present when there's a suicide and they survive because that's not typical. That's not usually what happens at all. Steve Lampley, uh, you've been around the block a couple of times. What do you think about there being a witness to a suicide? I don't like it. Well, Nancy, you're, you're correct, but there are rare instances where, an, and I've never been on one of those, uh, where an individual would be with someone attempting to talk them out, and they would just all of a sudden commit the act of suicide anyway. Those are very, very rare. Uh, the closest that I have ever come to that in 21 years was, uh, attempting to serve a, uh, a juvenile pickup order on a juvenile, and before I got to his bedroom, he committed suicide. He knew I was coming, but we didn't know he had a gun. But you're, you're right. It's very, very rare for two individuals to be there and the other party uh, actually commit suicide in their presence.
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A teen commits suicide. You know, I've got so many questions about it, and I'm going to circle back to Dr. Catherine Maloney regarding trajectory path and how you can really tell if this was a suicide. But with me, Fox 8 Cleveland investigative journalist Peggy Gallick. Peggy, okay, back to this. You're telling me they're out in like um, a nature preserve type park. They're about 20 miles outside of the city of Cleveland. They certainly wanted to get away. I mean, it just seems to me that your friend would know you've got a gun and you're driving 20 miles away where nobody will be around. What time of the day or night was it? And how did this unfold, Peggy? This happened at night about nine, about 9.46 on July 12th. So it was just starting to get dark that, you know, that time at, at summer. And this was out in the picnic area, um, north of the picnic area at that reservation at the time. So they pretty much felt that they were going to be by themselves out in that area. Take a listen to what else we learn on the 911 call. <laughs> you trying to drink. Pardon me? You know, I a bunch of pills. And so I went to get, I pulled over because I had my phone in my trunk. Uh-huh. So I got out of the car to grab it. And he grabbed it, got out of the back seat. And he ran into the woods. None of your fault. You know that, right? <laughs> you know, absolutely. Are you the friend who called Parma up or brought the lights police earlier? No. Did no. somebody else call? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> Good. How old was your friend? Seventeen. Okay. Had he, he said he told you he was going to take some pills. He, take, he did take pills. And he yeah. did take pills. Okay. He was throwing up out the window of my car. Wow! More of that heartbreaking nine one one call. Now, you're hearing the voice of 19-year-old Duncan McElroy. Listen to more. (laughs) How old are you, Duncan? I'm 18. Oh, my goodness. She's part of the gun today because I was finally old enough to get one. But he ran into the woods. that 911 call we understand according to the caller that ace just a a 17 year old girl swallowed a a lot of pills then they pulled the car over to get the phone out of the trunk and apparently somehow was there a gunshot wound peggy gallick fox 8 cleveland how was the death 
ostensibly suicide achieved? It was gunshot. Um, Ace, the 17-year-old, died of a gunshot wound. And police then, you know, they arrived at the scene and tried to put this together. So with a gun now, on the phone, on the 911, you hear a lot about um, her, Ace, taking some pills. And I find that interesting in itself because in my mind, Ashley Wilcott, if somebody, if my friend were stuffing pills down enough to kill themselves, I'd turn around and get to the ER pronto instead of continuing on. But that's not what happened. And according to the 911 call, it sounds like Ace grabbed a gun, ran into the woods, and shot herself in the head. Now, that the whole thing's not fitting together for me, Ashley. No, not for me either. And keep in mind that friends know what other friends are going through and how they're feeling and what's going on with them. And so, honestly, most people are good. Most people know if they have a friend that's going through these things, not only would they rush into the ER, call 911, they certainly would not keep a firearm somewhere that, that would even be accessible to their friend who may be struggling. Let me go now to Nickel City Deputy Chief Medical Examiner there at Erie County with Nickel City Forensics at the Erie County Medical Examiner's Office. You know her well, Dr. Catherine Maloney. Dr. Maloney, what are some of the ways you can look at this teen girl's dead body and determine whether this was accident, murder, or suicide? Uh, Well, what you can look at is the location of the gunshot wound on the head. There are certain areas, especially when you have a a long arm, like a shotgun, where it's easier to shoot oneself, whereas other areas of the head where it would be difficult, if not impossible, because of the way you have to kind of hold one arm out very far away from your head to get to the trigger because the barrel is so long. Um, The other thing to look at is whether or not there's um, fouling or or gunpowder in the wound or around the wound and the type of damage that was inflicted uh, to the head. Another issue, when we're talking about homicide and suicide, to Dr. Carla Manley, psychologist, you can find her at drcarlamanley.com, her new book, Aging Joyfully on Amazon. Dr. Carla, again, if you look at suicide statistics, it is extremely rare for a female to shoot themselves dead. I mean, suicide is definitely categorized by age, by gender, by race, by socioeconomic standards, by education, who kills themselves and how and where. And it's almost unheard of for a female to shoot herself dead, Dr. Carla Manley. Those are the statistics. Does it happen? Sure. Is it often? Very rarely. So which which adds fuel to my flame of what really happened. Absolutely. When you look at what happened at her age, um, female identified as male, right, throwing up outside the window, that would be more consistent. Somebody who had taken pills, and I absolutely agree, turn around. You would normally take that that young woman to um, an emergency facility, but to have her shoot herself in the head, it doesn't make sense. Again, with the statistics, it's very inconsistent. Let's talk about the weapon to Peggy Gallick, Fox 8 Cleveland investigative journalist. What kind of weapon was it? Well, according to the report here, it, it, it was a rifle. It was a 
22 LR caliber ammunition is what the report says. Wow. So talking about a rifle, back to you, Dr. Catherine Maloney, how hard is it to shoot yourself dead with a rifle, a long gun? I mean, think just think this through. It's not like you hold a, a handgun up to your head and pull the trigger. You have to turn the thing with the barrel pointing toward you and pull the trigger backwards, like, say, for instance, with your right thumb, pulling it back toward your index finger and propping the gun up with your left hand if you're right-handed and the reverse if you're left-handed. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do, is it, Dr. Catherine Maloney? Um, It's it's definitely a lot more difficult than it would be with a, a handgun, for sure. And there are also certain areas on the head where it would be nearly impossible to shoot oneself obviously the back of the head and even the the temple would be very difficult usually with long arms you see people shoot themselves you know more i guess in the face or in the chin because that's easier yeah and another thing jackie howard here in the studio is uh pointing out all this happened in the time the friend went to the car trunk she got a gun, the victim, a stinger, got a gun, ran away, got to the woods, and shot herself in that brief amount of time. Okay, guys, let's go back to the moment and the last of what we have with the 911 call. Who's the one who told me that I could buy a gun at 18 to begin with? Really? Yeah. And then I wonder, I'm wondering now if they just did it so that he would have somebody with a gun. Mm. <laughs> no, no, not your fault. You know Stories with Nancy Grace. She was the one who told me that I could buy a gun at 18 to begin with. Really? And, yeah. And then I wonder, I'm wondering now if they just did it so that he would have somebody with a gun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not your fault. Do you have your your headlights on your car, Duncan? No, no, my car's off. Can you turn them on for me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that might be able to help them find you a little quicker, okay? I think I see lights, but they're, they're leaving again. What's that? I saw lights, but they got dark again. They went past him again. He can't tell me where he is. Okay, I'm not doubting the crying. The crying, that's a a man crying. That's 19-year-old Duncan McElroy crying. But then suddenly when he's asked a question, he straightens up and gives a straight answer. Is it true, Peggy Gallick, these two only met about two weeks before the shooting? That's what he's telling police. That's his statement to police. So, you know, they are still digging into this. It's still being investigated to see exactly when they met. They're going through social media to try to determine that. But that's what he told police. Are these two in a romance relationship, Peggy? He is saying no. 
but again, that this is his statement to police, and he's given inconsistent statements to police according to the report. So we don't know the truth at this point. But he said no. Wait a minute. You say there are inconsistent statements. What inconsistent well, statements? Well, police. Now wait. Let me understand. If I understand, let me under, make sure I have this right. Sure. To Ashley Wilcott. Let, so these are two teens: the female victim, Ace Stinger. 17 and the young man Duncan McElroy the one crying on the phone 19 years old have only known each other two weeks and he's saying it's not a romance or sex relationship and he's been caught in inconsistent statements something is not fitting together Ashley yeah no something doesn't add up and let me remind you even though he's a young man at 19 the brain's not fully developed so basically you have two teenage brains and there is something amiss. It doesn't make sense that he allegedly knows these things about his friends and his behavior. Something isn't true. Well, another issue, uh, just to, to add another wrinkle to this, trying to figure out what happened, is that Ace identifies, she's a young girl, she's a young lady, she identifies as a man. And that adds a whole nother layer of potential emotional issues. How do I know if she hasn't been bullied? How do I know if people didn't make fun of her? How do I know if her family had rejected her to add to her emotional state, his emotional state? It's it's very confusing. And Dr. Carla Manley at drcarlamanley.com, psychologist and fear specialist, life is hard enough, especially for teens, right? Uh, even for, I try to make everything, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, as simple and straightforward for the twins as I can, I try to give them a smooth road and help in absolutely any way I can, whether it's uh, laying their clothes out in the morning or reminding them of their homework assignments to make their life a little bit easy. Because when they get older, life is going to be hard. It ain't easy punching a clock every day and making a living and putting up with just life in general. Then you throw in identifying with your the opposite gender which has got to be emotionally trying and you know she's faced rejection probably ridicule people have mistreated her and that adds a whole nother layer for her dr carla manley absolutely when you add in the piece of gender identity issues um, again, developmentally for a young person, brain not fully myelinated until they're 25, it's very difficult for them to not have... Wait a minute. Are you telling me what Ashley Wilcott said is true? Absolutely. That the brain is not formed? I thought it she was just saying It is not fully that. myelinated until 25, <laughs> meaning it misfires Wait, what are you saying? Malinated? That sounds like laminated. <laughs> what are you it, saying? The brain is the, not fully what? Myelinated. So that the, that the covering of of the of the neural pathways uh, doesn't allow for misfiring so that you're thinking without your brain misfiring on you all the time and so what happens well ashley then apparently you're right ashley <laughs> maybe that and i've got lamination on my mind because john david nothing would do except we get a laminator wait, wait, wait. and now we're laminating everything ashley everything so you're right well, i was just gonna say did nancy grace say i was right on air can we just play that twice yeah. and i'll get off now okay good thanks yeah sadly sadly we're you know this is going straight out on the airway so i can't there's no way i can redact that that so you're right Ashley you win this round but this is just this is just the battle it's just a skirmish there's the war to be had Dr. Carla Manley so 
what's your point? I, I, I think you're right, but what's your point you're getting at as it relates to a stinger, this girl? My point is twofold. A, you have the neurobiologically, you have the teenage years being rather unsteady. That part is normal. We expect that. Yet when you add in gender identity issues and the um, facts that go along with that, which are increased rates of bullying, if there is not adequate support at home, increased rates of suicidality, um, increased rates of anxiety and depression, and if they don't have friends who are supportive, then we have even more issues because gender identity is a serious serious mental health concern. And again, I want to I want to point out we are not in any way saying a mental health problem, like a mental illness. And I just find it very hard to believe that um when you have some type of an identity issue that how can we discount that? We're on the outside looking in. That is what how she felt, and we can't negate that. That is not a mental illness. That is how she saw the world. Now, I, I'm certainly not a shrink, and so I can't help, but I do know I don't want this suggested to be any type of a mental illness or a defect. This is the way she was created. She was created to identify with a different gender. That's her business, not mine. My business is what happened. How did she end up dead? Now, Peggy Gallick earlier had mentioned something about inconsistent statements. Could one of those be about the rifle? What did he first say? I'm talking about their little friend. Well, he's not little. He's 19 years old. Duncan McElroy. That's an adult under the law. What did he say about where the rifle well, came her, from? As we remember, and we heard in that 911, he said that, you know, that Ace stole the, the gun from the trunk or from the back seat from the trunk when he stopped at the road. Later, when he talked to police at the station after he was given his Miranda rights, he gave another statement. He then told police Wait, at that he, time. Whoa, he, so he gets arrested and is given his Miranda rights. Yes. Oh, so police had to think that he, Duncan McElroy, was involved. Okay, go ahead. Right. And, and they, it, it, first, he was voluntarily agreed to go to the Metro Parks to give another statement. Once he was there, they immediately gave him his Miranda rights. He then said that he purchased the box of the ammunition and the, the rifle on the same day, separate, two separate purchases on July 12th, and that he provided the rifle and ammunition to Ace, who was sitting in his vehicle at the time of the purchase. Wow. Which is different than what he said on the 911 That call. is a lot different. Let's take a listen to police talking to McElroy. <laughs> Did you did you see a firearm? Yeah, it's mine. Is it back there? On him. Okay, there's nothing on you, right? Stories with Nancy Grace. Did you did you see a firearm? Yeah, it's mine. Is it back there? 
on him. Okay, there's nothing on you, right? So, okay. What's this, your wallet? Yeah. All right, all right. I can't own a firearm. handgun. You're hearing him speaking, and this is the person that we now know has been given Miranda rights, Duncan McElroy. Now, take a listen to our friend Hannah Catlett at 19 News. The man says everything unfolded when he pulled his car over inside the Brexville Reservation, but police say there have been inconsistencies in his stories, and that's why he's now a suspect in this case. Police say the two had known each other for two weeks. Officers say McElroy tried to kill the victim four days before he made this phone call, too. Just a short time before the call, police say McElroy told them he'd purchased a rifle and ammunition. Tonight, he's facing murder charges and four counts of assisted suicide. The photo of this gorgeous young teen, Ace Stinger, found dead in Brexville just outside of Cleveland. And she has got the most beautiful smile. She doesn't look sad or depressed, which, of course, is no indicator. I don't know what's going on in her personal life behind closed doors. But I just heard something that made me stop in my tracks. Peggy Gallick, Fox 8 Cleveland investigative journalist. Is it true that Duncan McElroy tried to kill a stinger four days before? The report that I received said that the defendant tried to kill the defendant four days before. So police are... um, giving me a little bit of different information than what I heard on there. They're saying that he tried to kill himself four days prior. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'm looking at both of these, and they both look are baby-faced. An Ohio man, just 19, now accused of helping a 17-year-old commit suicide by buying a gun and ammo and has pled not guilty. But look at this evidence. Uh, McElroy buys the gun, buys the ammo, drives Ace, the teen, to the Brexville Reservation. It's like a nature preserve. Then helps the teen commit suicide by shooting in the head. I mean, when you lay it out like that, to Dr. Catherine Maloney, what more can you tell us about the forensics themselves? Um, Well, really with the autopsy, I mean, you could try looking for trace evidence. Um, and try looking at the characteristics of the wound to see if you can tell something about range of fire. That would be pretty suspicious as opposed to a close range. Um, And that's really the type of information you're going to get from performing an autopsy. Absolutely. For instance, if Duncan McElroy, now charged with murder and assisted suicide, had gunshot residue on himself, that means he is at least 36 inches close to the shooting because that's about how far gunshot residue it's like baby powder can travel at the time a weapon is fired to ashley wilcott judge and trial lawyer you can find her at ashleywilcott.com do you believe based on what you know about the case there is enough evidence to convict him i do think that there's enough evidence to convict him of some crime for instance assistance with suicide whether or not there's enough evidence to convict him of murder is specifically going to depend on the forensics because i need to know a little more information about were his fingerprints on the gun what was he doing specifically and then maybe i'm very curious about what she just said if there are fingerprints on the gun and what more forensically do we know to peggy gallick fox 8 cleveland peggy what do we know about forensics 
Right now, we don't know too much because that's still under investigation. We've been trying to get the autopsy report and some other information from that, and we haven't been able to get it yet. It should be released in the the next few weeks because this is going on in court right now. So, of course, the defense attorney is putting in you know, um, request to get that information from the prosecutor. So we should be seeing that sometime soon. There are also four counts of assisted suicide. So let me understand something. Ashley Wolcott is the murder. Would the murder merge under the law with assisted suicide or will they be standalone counts? For instance, let's just say I shoot Jackie here in the studio, shoot her dead. Sorry, Jackie. It was nice knowing you. You're wonderful. Um, rest in peace. I wish you only the best in the next life. But the aggravated assault of me holding the gun up and scaring her merges with the murder. So there won't be two different sentences on that. So in this case, do you believe assisted suicide would merge in that manner with murder? I don't. And here's why. Because in the state of Ohio, assisted assist suicide or assisting suicide means knowingly helping the parent Uh, excuse me, the person, not the parent, um, helping the person commit or attempt suicide versus the murder statute that specifically requires that that it was an intentional killing. And so I do not think it would merge. That's my interpretation of the statute. I'm very curious why they are not releasing any more information. What more evidence, if any, do they have, Peggy Gallick, to show a murder? Well, right now, the the police are saying, you know, he provided that inconsistent statement, so that put up their red flags right away. So they brought him in to talk to him um, more, and he he gave the police, you know, more information that, you know, he did get that gun that day, that he actually provided the rifle and ammunition to her when she was sitting in the car. So that was enough for them to arrest him. After that time, he got a couple lawyers and quit talking to police. So they are still, you know, putting this all together, going through computers and phones to try to get this. It's in court right now. The prosecutors actually wanted to revoke his bond uh, last week, and they were able to work something out with the judge, but they've added to his bond requirement that he's not allowed to talk to any minor or any high school student other than his siblings, which I thought was very interesting that they added that as part of his, you know, bond to let him get out. And he is at a uh, facility right now, a mental health facility. Peggy Gallup, just to muddy the water, is it true that Duncan McElroy is also charged with pandering obscenity involving a minor? Yes, it is. Absolutely. He is facing one count of that, you know, the four counts of the assisted suicide, also furnishing the fire, firearm to a minor, but also that pandering obscenity is definitely included in that. What, what, I mean, what are the facts surrounding the pandering obscenity? Police aren't giving us too much on that at this this point, other than he had some sort of images in his phone or his computer. Um, that's all that they're telling us at this at this time. I will tell you that uh, adding fuel to the flame is the fact of an alleged murder attempt four days before the shooting. So we'll see how this all pans out in a court of law. To Ashley Wilcott, do you believe that there is a dangerous trend of assisted suicides now? Well, you know, I don't know that there's any more of a trend than there ever was or that it wasn't happening before. Rather, I think the distinction is now the law is looking at it and actually charging those 
who are assisting with murder or assisting with suicide. So we know this is the second case that you've covered specifically and the young lady that was texting her boyfriend in the car who then committed suicide. So I think the trend now is as a society, we're not going to put up with this. These are going to be individuals that are going to face criminal charges if they make the decision to help their friend do these things. Do you believe, Dr. Carla Manley, psychologist, fear specialist at drcarlamanley.com, that treatment should be harsher or less harsh on people that assist with suicide? I think that it's important to look at the circumstances. And I think that if it's something that's been... Uh, it, it, that's difficult because if it's a life-threatening situation, somebody who's suffering from cancer, that sort of thing, that's considered, you know, assisted suicide, right? But in this case where it's a teen, where there are alternatives, where there is help available for whatever unrest is going on, I think that that's an incredibly serious action and something that is, is very close, if not akin to murder. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy.